Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. It's been a while since I've said that. But as always, this is Nate with We Know Fantasy, joined here as always by the Fantasy Fro. Fro, it's been a long time, my friend. It has been way too long. Football is finally back. It's been a wild ride, but I am back, ready to roll. Yeah, um, it's been a very long time. Last week, the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast started back up, and uh, you know, here we are, the We Know Fantasy Podcast, every Wednesday for the next foreseeable future, as long as the NFL season takes place and uh, there's fantasy football ahead of us. We will be here uh, every Wednesday in your what do you want to call it feed, I guess. On uh, you know, you can find us on all the major podcast outlets, there's Spotify, Apple uh, Podcast, and more. But again, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy Fro. Where can you be found? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. All right. You know, it's been a while since we've uh, we've chatted. So, what have you been up to, man? Anything different going on? Uh, working from home now, so all I do is work and play video games and do uh, fancy football research <laughs> for the past week. And I run a lot. That's pretty much my life. Yeah, that's a that's a plus. Uh, since we spoke last, I finally moved into the house that uh, my family and I built. Uh, here are my wife and kids. Got some dogs, two new puppies, and recorded my first podcast from my new office. So that's pretty exciting here. Uh, things are changing. But uh, we're here today because we are going to open up our podcast season with a you know, commentary of a 12-man mock draft, just as we did last season. We have them ready to go. We have 12 followers. Well, I guess 10 followers, including the fro and I, lined up here uh, to do a mock draft. And in the meantime, we're going to touch on some topics in between, you know, commenting and picks, surprises, uh, things like that along the chain here. But before we jump into that, remember the fro and I put out a uh, mock draft, not a mock draft, a draft guide. This is our second year doing that. Uh, if you want a copy of that, uh, get a hold of one of us on Twitter, $12.00. That's it, and you guys are getting you know a ton of information. There's everything from sleepers to draft strategies to different type of formats and how you should address them, uh, and full rankings. Anything you need, uh, we have it there for you guys. So be sure to reach out to us. It's only twelve bucks, and you're getting. Uh, let's see, between us, we probably have twenty five years of fantasy football experience, uh, many championships, and of course, uh, between us, we've been doing you know professional advice here for about six to seven years. So a lot of stuff there. Um, and as always, we have premium services available for the upcoming season there for fees between either of uh, the fro or myself. You know, you sign up for one of our tiers of uh, membership and along the way you get some great experience. So you want to elaborate that on for a little bit? Yeah, as far as mine goes, mine's uh, it's a true premium service. You know, you, you'll get what you pay for. It's a little bit more high end, but you're going to get your lineup set every single week. You're going to get the waiver wire ads that you need to get. We had such great success last year. I had probably mm, maybe five or six premium clients last year, and almost all of them have one. I had one guy kind of just drop out and stop responding to me, which was odd after he paid in full, but everyone else, they either won their league or placed in the money in their league. So everyone did great. And we're real excited to run that back for another year. And I certainly encourage you guys to, to dive into that. If you're truly looking to win your league. Yeah, there's no better way to get advantage in your league than joining either of our uh, subscriptions. So reach out for that as well. Um, I'm also running a very uh, various types of leagues. I have my super league going on for second year, bigger this year. If you were part of it last year, 
we had uh, 48 players, four 12-man leagues that, you know, basically you draft multiple leagues throughout the season until you get to one sole winner. Um, this year we're going to go eight 10-man leagues. So the top two people from each of the leagues narrow down to the next step before getting to one final league <clears throat> and, uh, you know, supremacy from there. It's a, it's a challenge like a, a, no other. So if you are a true football fan or think you're an expert of anything uh, or think you're a good player, sign up for that. I'm also doing a guillotine league, uh, looking for people for that $10 buy-in in my vampire league. I started it actually full, and we're almost done with the draft, so that's fun stuff there. But I think that's all the things to get through here, so uh, let's hit fire. Let's hit a start here on this draft. Let me get uh, my thing out of here. So begin draft. All right, we're starting this mock draft. Um, I have the sixth pick, and the fro has a seventh pick. Um, I really don't know where I wanted to, to, to pick out of the mock here. I just, so I stuck myself in the middle just because that's usually the most challenging place to draft from is, uh, smack down the middle. So figured we'd go there for, uh, you know, the thrill of the fight, I guess you'd say, but we're underway here. The first pick, uh, will be before us. And like I said, along the way, we're going to have some different discussions about different topics. And, uh, you know, as we wait here, Christian McCaffrey, the first pick, of course, you're not going to see much different from that in any league. Uh, Saquon Barkley going second there again, pretty standard. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, as picks come in, we'll commentate on those, but uh, we're talking about a few more things. So, uh, Elliot off the board now, but, uh, you know, big news today, Sonny Michelle is back at practice, uh, for the new England Patriots, uh, is coming off the P U P list kind of surprisingly out of nowhere, really jumped on there. People were going the Damian Harris, uh, bandwagon. He's looking pretty good in camp, though. But is this still Sonny Michelle's backfield, do you think, uh, there, Fro? Or do you think it's going to be a, a, a committee like most of the league is? Right now, it's, it's been a really tough – it's been weird because for the whole offseason, you know, I've been researching, it's been, you know, Sonny was going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then uh, Damien Harris was, was probably going to be the guy. Then they're bringing Lamar Miller, who really – I don't think it's going to be that big of a threat. He's also on the PUP coming off an ACL injury. And we all know historically ACL injuries take a lot longer for players to get back to full speed. So I'm all in on Damian Harris. I had him in my deep sleeper last year. I have him as a deep sleeper in the draft guide again this year. I mean, regardless of what happens, he's going to be a much bigger factor, even if Sony plays. I have heard uh, reports of today. Uh, Sony did not uh, actually, he didn't put on pads today, which most, they only allow, like, I believe, 14 practices total for the entire offseason. So that, that's nothing to worry about. Oh, I'm on the clock here, so give me one moment. Yeah, before we go back into that, I just took Dalvin Cook. It's gone CMC, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Thomas, and then Cook for myself. Pretty straightforward, though. You may you may get uh, someone reach for Derrick Henry. This is a PPR uh, format we're going on here. but Or you'd see a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who the fro just went with right exactly. there. Exactly. Got to go with that upside. Absolute upside there. I did debate Derrick Henry as well. I do like him this year. I think uh, the Titans have a very favorable schedule. But uh, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has that much higher ceiling, which you want to go for in the first round. Yeah, especially with the PPR format. You know, Derrick Henry is, you know, leaves a less, a lot less more than desired there in the receiving game. Um where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hopefully sh- oh, and should have a fantastic role there with the Kansas City Chiefs. A little surprise here. Kenyon Drake, 110. That's a little surprising there. A little surprising. I like Kenyon Drake. Obviously, the reports of his uh, his boot were a little scary, but he. Uh, I like Kenyon Drake. I think he'll be good, but JT needs to make sure he's drafting Chase Edmonds 
preferably much earlier than he's going in order to just solidify that spot. Now, would you have taken a Drake over, say, a Josh Jacobs, a Devontae Adams, a, a Miles Sanders even, a Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, any of those guys you're taking a, a Kenyon Drake over? Assuming that Kenyon Drake is healthy, I'd take him over Josh Jacobs and probably Miles Sanders. That one's more of a toss-up. It just depends on your strategy and where you're drafting from because – Obviously, it seems like this is the year people want to go running back first round, running back second round. But if you want to go against the grain and maybe grab a Devontae Adams or you know Michael Thomas in the later round instead of a Josh Jacob, I can understand that. But it's going to be difficult if you don't get two top running backs the first two rounds. Yeah, this year is you know kind of unlike others because there really is no you know we're good, we're doing away here with the you know one quarter or running back teams where you know say one running back dominates all the touches. A lot of people have someone involved in the backfield along with them uh, nowadays. So it's hard for that. So you're going to see running backs fly off the board in the first two rounds for sure. But froze up here on the clock. Yeah. I'm at a really tough situation with the seven pick. Now I come back and all the top tier running backs are gone. The next best running back is James Connor or maybe Chris Carson, which I do like both of them, but uh, I'm going to kind of be a little ballsy here and, and push for hopefully getting a good running back in the third round instead. I, I don't feel like reaching right now. So I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill and his upside. Yeah, that would have been my pick there too uh, pretty easily. I'm a big Tyreek Hill fan. I think he can push for that one a wide receiver one this year. Um, so anyhow, I'm up now. I uh, have the choice of Hopkins, Mahomes, Kelsey. But I'm going to skip all those guys, and I have to go with you know, the guy who burst on the scene last year, and that's Chris Gawin with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to feast this year with uh, with uh, Tom Brady throwing those underneath routes to him. Going to get a ton of receptions here. And I think he has a better year this year than he did last year. Yeah, yeah I, I love Godwin last year, certainly. Uh, the Patriots are going to be a, a different team for sure. I mean, they still have Bruce Arians, which is obviously the big, the big mastermind behind that offense. But ultimately, you know, Tom Brady, I think, is going to – make that offense a lot more secure and not as many turnovers. They'll probably have half as many turnovers as they did with Winston there. So I don't think it's going to be an absolute, you know, bomb the ball, pick sixes like we saw with Jameis Winston. But Chris Godwin is a very safe pick because historically slot receivers have played out of their minds under Bruce Arians. And I've tweeted about that. I wrote about that. You know, you have guys like, uh, we have Santonio Holmes in Pittsburgh. You have, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald and Reggie Wayne when he was in uh, Indianapolis. And obviously, Godwin last year, who actually didn't have anywhere near as many catches as the previous players did under Bruce Arians. So I think Chris Godwin actually has a chance to, to notch 100 receptions this year, which would break his, his uh, record last year. Of course. And uh, you said the Patriots there. You get a little confused there with Tom Brady suiting uh, for a different team, uh, the Buccaneers. <laughs> But going back to the Patriots, we were talking, uh, you know, about um, Damian Harris and uh, and the situation there. You know, you still have the likes of James White, who you know don't have to worry about in the running game because of his, you know, he's there as a pass catcher. But uh, you know, Rex Burkhead's still there. Um, uh, but but again, like you said, I like Damian Harris a lot. There's a reason he was a what was he a third round pick last year or a second round pick last year by the Patriots. Yeah. I don't remember the exact round, but the, the, what's nice about Damian Harris is you're getting him so late. You uh, you just cannot go wrong. You get him in the ninth, tenth round. If he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. I have him in my dynasty league. I'm just going to stash him for you know if it has, if it's not this year, then next year. You know it, he, you kind of hope he busts open soon. 
Yeah, like you said, the, the ca- draft capital is there that it kind of needs to be done. But on the clock here, I have, you know, I'm in a situation where I think it's a running back safe pick here in the third round. I went Cook. I went Godwin. Uh, now I'm sitting here with some options on the board. Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. I do like these options here. I like one more than all the rest. I hate myself for this, but it's Todd Gurley. I'm going to release an article about him later this week, and it's it's great. I'm absolutely in love with the guy in Atlanta, and he's going to have a fantastic season. Here to 3-6, you can get him as early as the uh, mid-fourth uh, round. He could be a fourth-round selection for you, so just wait for that article coming on later this week. Yeah, and I wasted no time taking Chris Carson. I was hoping you would pass on him. I absolutely love Chris Carson. I just, I just, I, I, just, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He just runs so hard, and Pete Carroll loves the guy, and they, the, the, Se- the Seahawks just like to run the ball. As much as we kind of hope this is the year where uh, Seattle starts chucking the ball more often, I, I just think that uh, Chris Carson is just going to run it down their throats as long as he's healthy. He's a, he's a borderline RB one for me. Let me ask you a question here. Does Carlos Hyde scare you any of any form there in, in Seattle? A little bit. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I think, is more of an insurance policy for Richard Penny rather than Chris Carson. I don't think uh, a player who's been on, what, six different teams in six different years has you know, is really going to steal the job without an injury. Yeah, but we do have those Chris Carson fumbling concerns where the Seahawks did try to kind of phase away from him last season a bit to get the other guys more involved. But those guys just weren't talented enough to really take the stuff away from Chris Carson. Of course, Carlos Hyde is coming off a career year there in Houston where he had over 1,000 rushing yards, almost 1,100, like behind one of the league's worst, uh, worst offensive lines. So I'm concerned about Carlos Hyde a little bit there. So I want to see Carson not put the ball on the ground as much as he did last year, which everyone would like to see. Um, but I'm afraid that you know he has his filming issues and Carlos Hyde comes in and sneaks and grabs a, a few more carries than we'd like. But that's, uh, that's that. We're about to uh, clear through the third round here. Nice pace for this mock draft. Let's see. Any surprises here? We have a Kyler Murray 311. You're going to see Kyler Murray getting taken early in these drafts. A lot of hype behind that. Rightfully so, but, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, one quarterback league. So taking a quarterback early that isn't, say, a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes is, is a mistake in my books. I honestly won't even take Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson unless the value yeah, is extremely there, but... Way, way. I mean, Lamar Jackson went in the third round, the 3.5, which isn't the worst, but friggin' Mahomes went second round, end of the second round, Kyler Murray, end of the third round, way too early. There's way too much talent and depth at, at quarterback. There's no reason for that. It's just uh, naive and, and new fancy odors aren't really educated enough when it comes to making those QB decisions. And we tell them that every single year, and they still make those choices, and they regret it when they don't win their league. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're uh, um, surprising to see Patrick Mahomes go five picks before Lamar Jackson, who, of course, has that rushing upside that is clearly favorable uh, if you are to take one of those quarterbacks, which is a little surprising for me. Uh, but here at the turn of the fourth, we actually have Jonathan Taylor off the board. First rookie running back besides Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I believe. I'm looking here. Yes. Yeah. So, JT, before you see a Swift come off the board, um Rightfully so, I believe. I think he has the clearest path to, uh, you know, first-year relevance. Of, of, of course, Swift there in Detroit, JT there in Indianapolis. 
Oh, we're about to come back on, so we'll wait for our picks to fly through here before we uh, bring up another topic here because you're up next after my man, the fantasy football mechanic here. Calvin Ridley off the board there at 4-4. Absolutely love him this year. I think he has borderline wide receiver one capabilities there. Uh, absolutely oh, love yeah. I love that. I love that 100%. Falcons offense this year. I want a lot of it. Like I said, Todd Gurley, of course, can't go wrong with Julio Jones and then Calvin Ridley there. Uh, no, but Malvin no, no. Gordon there at 4-5, so froze up. Yep, absolutely. And this one is uh, pretty easy for me right now. Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm all in on uh, as long as Ben's healthy, and it sounds like he is absolutely lighting up in training camp right now. So Juju is going to light it up this year as well. Getting him in the fourth round is an absolute steal. Listen to this. Last year, Juju Smith-Schuster was a uh, – was you know uh, an end of the first round sometimes you know early second rounder with the belief that Ben Roethlisberger was going to be there. Of course, he got injured and missed most of the season. Right. So who uh, Juju's excuse me value has dropped. So in what we believed was a first round second round talent last year, in the same situation, nothing has changed. Big Ben's just back. Now he's a mid fourth round talent. Uh, that's an absolute steal there. And you How guys, people you did, forget. You need to be you need to be taking that guy when you can uh, in these third to fourth round because he's gonna have a monster year if Big Ben is there. Um, <clears throat> but following you up, I went Robert Woods there at four seven, leaving the likes of uh, Amari Cooper or a DK Metcalf on the board. Robert Woods is just that you know that safety blanket you go home to after work, you throw it on, lay in your bed, take a nice nap. You know he's gonna guarantee you some points, gonna have a production. Brandon Cooks is out of there. Uh, uh, targets to be given out. And Robert Woods, you know, traditionally, he's a top 15, top 10, uh, flirting with top 10 wide receiver every single season. So here in the 4-7, that's what, 36 plus 7, 43, 45. Mass hard. Uh, overall pick in this draft is a Robert Woods, who's a top 10, top 15 wide receiver, pretty much guaranteed each season. I'll take that as well. Oh yeah, he's he's so consistent. He plays absolute. He's not he's not a real flashy pick, but you know he's like like Juju right now. He's flying under the radar. And he's borderline wide or wide receiver one. Yeah, um, and we just saw a David Montgomery come off the board there at the uh, what was that the one new to five two. And of course, the story broke today that he was carted off of practice uh, with a non-contact knee injury. They believed it was, but I guess reports came out that it was a groin pull or something. I don't know if I believe that just yet. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of speculation right now. Nobody really knows. Apparently, what I heard is he he walked off the practice field, but since their practice field is far from like their training facility, he after he walked himself off, they put him on a cart to drive him there. So maybe there was some confusion with that. Yeah, I guess the reports when you see the ESPN ticker or something across your phone, you hear that David Johnson was carted off from practice, so everyone starts panicking. Right away and start scooping their Tariq Cohen, you know, uh, their Tar- Tariq Cohen shares and whatnot. But let's let's not, uh, you know, let's not jump to conclusion. But a five-two for David Montgomery if he's healthy, uh, I think he has a fantastic season. Uh, Ronald Jones just taken before me there. I'm in love with that guy. If you know me, you I love know that I'm a, man. I'm a, I'm a Rojo fan. But uh, here I am back on the board five-six. I've gone running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. I'm in a good situation here. Um, man, I think the pick is going to be, man, I really would like to go Keenan Allen here. 
But the, the, the quarterback situation there is a little spotty. Not sure exactly what's going to happen there. So I'm going to go with safer pick here. Take a Tyler Lockett out of Seattle. You know, again, we hope that Seattle throws the ball more, and there's speculation that they will. So, uh, you know, DK Metcalf is going to be t- flirting to take over that wide receiver spot, wide receiver one spot there in Seattle. But Tyler Lockett is a another safe uh, blanket fantasy pick. Yeah, that's uh, who I would have taken to. Absolutely love Tyler Lockett. Actually, probably would have taken him over DK, but DK went over in this draft. Uh, but since you didn't take Keenan Allen, I'm going with the man I tweeted out today. Uh, in 2017, he finished as wide receiver three. 2018, finished as wide receiver 12. Last year, finished as wide receiver six. Has not missed a single game in those three years. And somehow, he is going in the fifth round. I'm absolutely going to take Keenan Allen right here, middle of the fifth. Yeah, and uh, Mike Williams is expected to miss a few weeks. So that gives Keenan yep. Allen a boost to start the season. God love that. Um, I think his ADP is like wide receiver 22. And just remember a few seasons ago, again, an early second round wide receiver, third, early second round player that you you saw come off the board. Again, it's no Phil Rivers chucking the ball, but you're going to have Tyrod Taylor, and hopefully we're going to see some Justin Herbert this year just so we can see him. But I think that's a great value pick there. And again, oh, yeah. how quick people are to forget about the talent these guys have. So much value to be had in this draft this year. And that that's really my number one tip is to find that value. And that's what I write about in the draft guide. That's why I break it down into, you know, must drafts, uh, must draft players, which are rounds one to five, mid-round players, mid-round steals, which is around six to nine, and then deep sleepers, which is around tens and uh, 10 and over and it's just the, the entire draft board is just stacked with value and the, the point is you want to find as much value as you can while constructing that perfect roster because even if someone gets hurt someone gets covid you're going to have someone to fill in that's how you win your league yeah there's an added thing here due to the covid outbreak and you know players are going to possibly sit out we've heard some uh, flirting about that or you know they may actually contract it and you know, teams may be shut down, things like that. So you got to make sure your your rosters are deep. And again, the fro breaks this down in our draft guide, goes deep into this and how you should properly prepare uh, for this COVID outbreak that could possibly hit the NFL. Um, like it has some of these other sports, you know, we've seen the, the MLB has had several teams, you know, like the Cardinals and the Marlins miss weeks because of outbreaks on their, on their franchise, um, things of that nature. Uh, but anyhow, we eclipse the sixth round here. We're not even 30 minutes deep of this mock, so we're cruising. We're almost halfway we're through this. Speaking thing. about that draft guy, maybe now's the time to do our little giveaway exclusively for the listeners. Yeah, I guess we're about midway through this, so let's uh, break that out. So if you can use, uh, if you're listening to this, first off, thank you very much. Uh, second off, if you want to DM myself at WeNoFantasy on Twitter, Use the code football is back. Just tweet or just uh, DM me football is back and you'll be entered to win a free copy of, uh, you know, this this draft guy that we've been talking so much about thus far this year. But we have one more pick before the froze up mechanics taking his pick here. See some more quarterbacks come off the board here. A Drew Brees before a Dak Prescott. Don't like that. Don't like that. Um, It's way too early. But again. Drew before Dak? Come on, people. Are we learning that Dak's a top five fantasy quarterback at this point? Wait, he was taking us to fifth. 
Yeah, yeah Dak there's are... potential to be the number one this year. He's going to be up there with uh, – he might. He probably will be up there with Mahomes and probably ahead of uh, Jackson. It's going to be uh, – I don't like it, but he's, he's too good. And the offense is too good, man. Weapons everywhere. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I got some choices here. But uh, sitting in this interesting situation here, I see guys I like later. I don't want to draft too early. So I'm actually going to go Russell Wilson right here. Yeah, that's another guy who's going to be a top five quarterback. So you're securing that guy right away. Um, I would have, you know, uh, gone with him possibly. But here's a guy I really like for some odd reason. Cam Akers. I'm going to take Cam Akers here. I wrote in a, uh, an article about him earlier this season. Uh, I love – I even before coming to this uh, draft and before he was taken by the Los Angeles Rams, love his game. He is arguably, if not the best pass catching back out of this draft. He has wide receiver hands and a running back body. Um, we saw that what Todd Gurley did in the passing game there when he was in his prime before you know his injuries and whatnot. So – uh, I'm all over Cam Akers, and I like that value at six seven, where I needed a third running back. Right after me, or after Cam picked DeAndre Swift off the board, and then J.K. Dobbins six ten. So those, uh, you know, top four or five rookie running backs for now off the board. James White there at six eleven. That's a great value in PPR leagues. He's going to feast this year. Yeah, and this is we're going into the end of the sixth, into the seventh, and right here I call this the money round. This is honestly the round that's going to make or break your season. Anybody can do great in the first, you know, five rounds. Those picks are pretty, pretty simple for any average fantasy player. But right now you got to be looking for absolute upside. You got to take players that. You know, well, maybe they have some injury concerns, but if they get the opportunity, they're going to blow up. Or maybe, maybe for example, in the ninth or tenth round, you go after uh, a running back who, if their starter gets hurt, they will automatically fill in to be an RB1. That's the kind of value and upside you have to look for this late in the rounds. Yeah, uh, this is where, you know, drafts or not drafts, leagues are won with the players you select here. Oh, we hit the turn here. We have a Jordan Howard off. Then a Will Fuller. There's been a lot of hype behind Will Fuller. Yeah, I wanted him, but he fell too, way too early. <laughs> yeah, that's a way early I would pick Will Fuller. I like the value there, but I want him later, maybe the eighth round. I'd be comfortable taking a guy who, uh, you know, seems to be walking on uh, pins all the time with how many injuries he has. Interesting pick here, Hayden Hurst. What's about one, two, three, fifth tight end off the board? Hayden right. Hurst of Atlanta. We saw what Austin Hooper did the last year, but Hayden Hurst is no Austin Hooper. Right. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, we like the position he's in. We know that 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 Falcons tight end position is going to get a lot of volume, but it's really going to be a difficult time early in the season with this limited amount of reps for Hayden Hurst and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, especially early in the season, is just going to be looking for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Those are and obviously uh, Russell Gage. They're going to he's going to focus on guys that he's already has a rapport with. And I think that's one of the most important things that the average fantasy player underlooks. You want to, when you're deciding which player to draft, you want to look at players and teams as a whole who have the most, you know, players coming back, offensive linemen coming back. Is there a new head coach? Is there a new offensive coordinator? Because all of those are going to play an even more factor this season due to the COVID. And players that have that, the chemistry now are going to play a lot better sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, they're, you know, they really need to come out of the gates blazing because there's always that that possibility of a shortened season coming out, and you don't want to be stuck, you know, one and three, and then they 
release. There's only a 10 game season or something like that. I'm not, I don't think it's going to be the case in the NFL. I think they have it uh, pretty well uh, wrapped up that they will play all 16 games. But again, you really need to uh, focus on that. And again, draft guide, there's a nice COVID section in there for you to focus on. Yippers. And right there, another value pick, Julian Edelman, middle of the seventh round somehow, despite him being an RB1 every single year for nearly the last eight or nine years. Yeah, and before you, I took Deshaun Watson, 7-6. I don't really take quarterbacks that early. But again, I love Deshaun Watson, love his fantasy capability. And if I'm getting a guy there at 7-6 who's going to be a top five, top six quarterback, I think it's an okay round to take a guy like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's a good value. That's very good value for him. So we're, uh, you know, we seem to be on a tight end run here. After the Hurst pick, we saw a Waller come off, then Ingram, and then Higby all on this round. So people are getting caught in the run. And uh, that's something you don't want to do is get caught in a run where you feel like you're four-stick position because you see some flying off the board. Uh, just don't over-select someone too early because you see these runs happen. Sit back. This means you're going to get some value later. Uh, it may disrupt your draft plans, per se, but uh, just don't get caught here. All right. Interesting pick. 7-11 Antonio Gibson. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gibson guy myself. Is this too early for him? Well, it depends how he, how he does. I mean, that backfield in Washington is a little full right now. I mean, you still haven't. Adrian Peterson, who I guess he's a pretty good player back in the day. And uh, you have Bryce Love, who's actually was an elite college player before he got hurt. So it's going to be interesting. But, you know, if, if he comes out and plays well, you know, we saw what Terry McLaurin did out of an offense. So we didn't expect much from last year. You know, anything can happen. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's going to be one of those picks. Like if he, he has a great season, someone's going to be like, wow, you know, I, I picked uh, Antonio Gibson with a 7-11. In a draft, and you know, we'll gloat that. Um, I'm trying to figure out here to this guy Sam seems to have lost or left the draft, so I'm trying to oh, let's see, let's see if you want to pick. There we go. All right, Henry Ruggs there, CD Lamb and Henry Ruggs 712 81 on auto draft. That'll happen to you if you let auto draft select for you. <laughs> Henry Rogers, I, I, I think he's going to be a pretty good player this year. CeeDee Lamb, I think he's going to be, obviously he's behind a lot of the other uh, targets ahead of him right now. He's a great dynasty player. But for the early season, you know, barring an injury to one of the top players in Dallas, I think that's just, you know, he's going to struggle early. Um, but I did see uh, actually Michael Gallup actually went eight picks before, and that's an absolute great pick. You heard uh, McCarthy come out and sit, talk about how he thinks he's actually could be a wide receiver one on another team if, if Amari wasn't there. So right now, I mean, Michael Gallup in the seventh round for a player is borderline going to be your your wide, potentially a wide receiver one, at least a wide receiver two. And this guy got him as his wide receiver three. So absolute great value for him. Yeah, people forget about Gallup because you have the flashy names ahead of him. But just remember last year, he had a fantastic season. And it takes... You know, we always say this, it takes rookie wide receivers a little bit more to get into the game, get into the flow of things. It's just a harder position to learn at the next level. Um, so I think CD will take a, a season or two before he gets to it, that level they expect him to be at, being a first-round value there. But again, Michael Val Michael Gallup, a great pick. Um, I guess you're up, and then there's another player I want to talk about. Well, two, I guess. They had some great value before uh, we're, our picks here. 
All right, yeah, let's see what I want to take here. This is interesting. So I'm sitting in the middle of the eighth round here. I still only have two running backs. I already have my quarterback. I don't have any tight ends, but if you read my draft guide and if you listen to what Nate even just said, you know, you want to wait. If you're not getting a top tier tight end, you got to sit and sit and sit and wait on tight ends because the end of that tight end group is absolutely phenomenal. So we're going to wait on tight ends even longer. And I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because uh, I wrote about this in the draft guide. Marlon Mack in the eighth round. I know uh, JT is a little intimidating there in Indianapolis. But again, on a shortened offseason, I think Marlon Mack is at worst will still be 50-50. And that is the best offensive line the Colts have in the NFL. So my third running back is potentially you know, going to be an easy flex option right there in the eighth round. Yeah, people are... Overlooking Mac simply because of the JT selection. And Mac is a fantastic running back in the NFL. Um, like you said, the Colts have the best offensive line in the game today. Uh, so even if he gets, you know, split touches, he's going to be, like you said, a flex option. You're taking here in the 8 6 um, in a draft. Anyhow, right after you, I took Brandon Cooks, who's another guy I'm really high on. 8 7 for a guy, he had a down season last year. Um, but this is a, another very consistent fantasy player. I know he's coming to a new team, but he's coming to a new team with the better quarterback even. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson there. And he's coming to yeah. become the wide receiver one because DeAndre Hopkins is now out. So the wide receiver one for Deion, uh, wide receiver one for Deshaun yeah. Watson here in the eighth <laughs> round is crazy nice. value. And you just stacked him with Deshaun Watson. That's That's incredible right there. Seventh and eighth stack is beautiful. And Will Fuller went, you know, another 16 picks before him, which I don't understand. But, you know, Cooks before his season last year had uh, four straight seasons of pretty much 1,100 yards or more um, for three different teams during that run, too. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. And you're getting this guy in eighth round. That is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, that's great. So much um, value. There's so much value in this in this year, and that's when I, I was digging in and kind of like researching, and I was like, this even if players miss time or players get injured or whatever with COVID, this NFL has got so much talent. It's, it's so deep. You could have you know, like even our, our 32 man league. You know, like there's so much depth that like even if your players get hurt or injured, your waiver wire is going to be absolutely plastered with upside talented players. The key is just finding those right guys during the season to help you win. Yeah. And you know, early in the season, you're going to see those guys who just are like one hit wonders. I guess you'd call them that jump off the board at you. People start scrambling, spending all their, you know, FAAB on them because they had a great week one, but then you never hear that from them again. Love to see that. But before we pick, there was two guys here, Jarvis Landry at 8-4 and Jameson Crowder at 8-2. Two great value picks there as well. Um, Landry was the wide receiver one over Odell last year in Cleveland. Of course, I expect Odell to have a great season this year. Um, excuse me. But Landry, another consistent guy, always putting up points, has produced there in Cleveland for a long time. And then Jameson Crowder, is a PPR machine there as a wide receiver one in uh, New York. There it is, Jalen Rager, 9-3. Like it. Like it. That's a great upside pick there. Yes, sir. A lot of good, lot of good guys coming in. A lot of good guys coming in. Uh, Zach Moss went first pick in the ninth 
round. Loved him. Think he could really eat in in Buffalo. And uh, Jalen Rager went right after him, which is ironically the two first round players I took in my uh, dynasty. Oh league. my gosh! So I'm pretty happy. Oh, there goes there goes yep. a great handcuff. Yeah, that uh, you know the the B one two two eight beat me to it. Yeah. I was just about to take him and preach. Take your handcuffs. Waited too long. Alexander Madison, as I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, taken right before me. You hate to see that. Uh, on his end, that's a great that's a great pick. Great um, pick. Great pick. Great snipe. One thing is, it's a great lesson right here because personally, what I like to do if I'm targeting my my handcuff, I actually reach for my handcuff a couple rounds just for that reason. A round, a round or two just to be extra safe. Yeah, you really have to do that. Uh, I'm really regretting not doing that. But, you know, the value kept falling to me. You know, especially that Brandon Cooks left. I really thought I could make a round. But that's a lesson we learned here. It's a lesson <laughs> we learned here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too, uh, not too worried about that. But here's a guy. I'm doing it. Debo Samuel. I know he's injured. Oh, yeah, he's sniping me. Oh, geez. Yeah, uh, Debo. People are sleeping on this guy because of his injury, but uh, reports recently uh, came out that he is actually, you know, at practice, taking cuts, changing direction uh, on this broken foot that he has, um, which you yeah. love to see because he could be ready for week one. And then if you're getting a Debo Samuel at 9-6, that is extreme value. That's not even like... Sleeper value, that's just absolute value, if you had to say so. That's value for sure. That's why I was actually going to snag Debo. I didn't think you were even going to take him there. But, yeah, I read that report as well that he's actually – he's working hard and he's trying to be ready for week one. And uh, that entire 49ers offense has so many injuries. If, if Debo comes back, he's going to absolutely light it up. And if he doesn't come back, it's going to be open season for deciding which one of those players you want. It's going to be so much value to be had. Yeah, but even though if he doesn't come back week one, week two, week three even, you can say he comes back week four. You have 12 more games with the wide receiver one in San Francisco, and this is my fourth or f- this is my fifth wide receiver off the board. Right. And one thing about the 49ers uh, team overall, and of course you know this, is last year they were actually the second heaviest run offense, which made them the second to least passing offense. So, you know, number-wise, that's got to even add a little bit more to the mean. So I think they're going to actually end up passing more than last year. So any 49ers, you know, weapon you can get, obviously George Kittle, I think, is, is going to absolutely shred in the tight end field, probably even more than Kelsey. You know, I would grab what I can as far as as receivers because people are going to be all in on those running backs just because how much they ran last year. But in reality, they can't run that much again this year. There's going to be a regression and there's going to be an improvement in the passing this year. I want all those passers I can get. Yeah, you have a point. You know, at some point they're going to focus in. Uh, I don't know. Their offensive line still strong. You know, they lost Joe Staley, their left tackle, but came brought in Trent Williams, who's uh, mm-hmm. a better a better mm-hmm. option there for you. But uh, again, even with the rushing upside, Debo was pretty heavily involved in the rushing attack there in San Francisco. A lot of end around. Uh, things of that nature, get involved any way you can. They just want to get the ball in this guy's hands. Uh, they're going to do it any way they can. But we haven't even talked about your pick here. Chase Edmonds talking about handcuffs. Uh, you took a – yeah, if Kenyon Drake's foot injury is an issue, if he is to go down with injury, Chase Edmonds may be an RB1 for those weeks that he's in there. Not maybe, will be. Um, absolutely love him. Great talent. He could have standalone value as well, I believe. Maybe a, a flex or a second flex option there. Uh, out of Arizona. 
Yeah, I want all the Chase Edmonds I can get. And it's really, I didn't think I even took him that much earlier because, I mean, Cliff uh, Kingsbury just came out and said how, you know, on a different team, Chase Edmonds would be a, a running back one, which I we, we saw that last year, how much he exploded before he got injured. And then they brought in Kenyon Drake. But even with Kenyon Drake there, there could be some standalone value. And if, if he's even has potential to be putting up, you know, 12 12 points and then maybe even blowing up some weeks for 20 points. You know, I got him in the ninth round. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and you're back up here on the board, actually. Yeah, looking here. This is going to be interesting. Kind of in that weird round where, like, I could go tight end, but I still feel like I'm reaching, even though it's I don't have a tight end. And this yeah, I mean, I got four <laughs> but picks I still, left. You got to commit to it. You know, you got to commit to the not grabbing one. So I guess I'll grab mine in the last two rounds here. But, you know, let's also go with Damian Harris because we just talked about him getting him in the 10th round. So another player has potential to potentially be the starting player. I'm getting him in the 10th round. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, you know, you just said that about tight end, so I clicked on the tight end tab here. And there are so many names left that I'm in absolute love with. So I'm going to pass on them as well because I'm going to take Adrian Peterson with my selection here. Oops, clicked wrong. But Adrian Peterson will be my pick. And like you said, this is a guy at 10-7. So we're, what, 120-some-odd picks deep of this draft. You're getting a guy who, you know, great flex option uh, with, you know, what could be – it could either be a very stacked Washington backfield if love is healthy in producing and Antonio Gibson, you know, does what people expect him to do. Adrian Peterson may not get much work. But, you know, then again, those two could, you know, could have a love injury. Antonio Gibson could not pan out. And Adrian Peterson, again, the ageless wonder, is having another RB2 season. Love it. Love it. And then here we go again with some upside. Deshaun Jackson, my man. End of the 10th round. Absolute steal if he plays anything like he did last uh, last year, week one against Washington. Yeah, dude, man went off. Absolutely went off. And then you got Tony Pollard, another great, great handcuff with possible standalone value. Who knows what's going to happen? Anyone? I want to get any piece of that Cowboys offense. I can. Anthony Miller, beautiful pick. And then Nicole Michael Hardman, Hardman there. Yep. Yes. A little, yes. a little risky there. I, I debated him, but I think that having three Chiefs right there might have been a little too much because Miko Hardman obviously could. He's going to be a, a boomer bust weekly. It's going to be frustrating owning him. Yeah, that is for sure. You know, he could have that three touchdown game, but then you, you know, score a goose egg for three more weeks in a row. But then you, you know, you don't play him for his three touchdown game. You're like, gotta put him in. Then three goose eggs, you take him back out, and then he comes back with another two touchdown game. That's how uh, that's how he'll treat you, and that's how that you know anyone in that pretty much in that Chiefs offense outside of Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you know, Travis Kelsey, and uh, you know Tyreek Hill will treat you. Um, we only got three more picks left here. I can't believe you, you know, you brought up the fact that this back end of this tight end class is so good. I can't believe how good it actually is now that I'm looking it's at the amazing. list here. There's, it's amazing. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names here. I would want as my right. starting tight end in a fancy league. And you know, we have three picks left, so I'm going to get one of them and I don't have to waste an early pick on, you know, a tight end. Absolutely right. phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Wait on your tight ends. I mean, if you can get one of the top four, which are Kittle for me is going to be one. Kelsey 
Ertz, and then Mark Andrews. If you don't get one of them, just wait, wait, wait to the 10th, 11th, 12th, heck, 13th round. Just make sure if you wait that you grab at least two of them in the deep round, and hopefully you'll, you'll hit one that's going to be a, a real good player. That is for sure. All right, I'm back up here. I'm going to take a guy that I'm kind of down on, but you know, just for the upside pick here in the 11th round. Keyshawn Vaughn, there at Tampa Bay. If you know me, I'm a Rojo fan. I'm a believer, truther, if you will. Uh, but, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn could, you know, take those touches, could get, become the Tampa Bay RB1. And again, if it happens here in the 11th round, I could look like a genius. Or if it doesn't happen, hey, it's the 11th round of a draft. He may not even be on my roster here in three weeks while I use the waiver wire. So swing for the fences and hope to hit a home run, I guess you'd say. I like it. I like it. And then, of course, uh, looking at – I'm not going to take QB here, but just for uh, content uh, – we- yeah, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers in the 11th round. I mean, I did have him on my, you know, I don't like him to draft, but in the 11th round, he definitely dropped. You got Matt Stafford, you got Cam Newton, you got Daniel Jones, you got Ben Roethlisberger, you got Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew. Absolutely, guys, they're going to light it up in the 11, 12, 13 rounds. So wait on your quarterbacks. But for me, I'm going with Brandon Ayuk because that was going to be my other pick. I love him. I love him. Got my fifth wide receiver. Potentially going to be option number two or three on his offense with one of the greatest head coaches. I love it. Yeah, like you just said, one of the greatest offense or head coaches, Kyle Shanahan, is a mastermind. And they traded up in the first round for Brennan Ayuk. Uh, you know, this this 49ers team is all about yards after the catch. Uh, George Kittle, absolute monster yards after the uh, catch. Was, you know, the number one tight end in that category. Debo Samuel was a top 10 guy, I believe, in yard after catch as a rookie. And Brandon Ayuk, I don't know what the status is on top of my head, but his yard after catch in college was something insane. This dude is made for yard after the catch. This is why, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan wanted him in his offense, get those quick passes into his hand, let him do work in the, uh, in the, in the open field, and he'll do that. Six foot, 205. Speedster, this guy is going to eat in the San Francisco uh, offense. And if he can be a Debo of last year, so be it. Uh, but he is going to be a monster here. And uh, you know, this is a Foreigners fan coming at you with this, but absolutely love this guy. Really excited to see him as a football player going forward. Let's see, two more of the tight ends I like: Mike Jacecki and Noah Font coming off the board. I'm a big Font guy this year. Uh, one of the best set of hands uh, the Titan position has. Can't block to save his life, but anyhow. Uh, Cam Newton, I think, is a top eight quarterback this year in fantasy football. Said it here. Absolutely love him there in New England. Two rounds ago as we just turned around the 11th. Love the pace of this. you got to love a mock draft like this. Right. Pretty much everyone's here. Um, yeah, actually, all 12 people stayed. We're in 11th round. Every All 12 are still here. Love to see that. Yeah, they've, great, they've, been, great they've been good. They know they know the drill. They know the drill. They've, this isn't their first video. Yeah, great pace here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers there on the 12. Here's another two other Titans, Jared Cook and Janu Smith. You wouldn't be mad with those those either of those two being uh, one of your top tight ends for the season. Right, yeah. I'm just pulling up here. I just, just did a search on AUK here. He was, uh, says he was one of the best players college football dominate. He averaged national high 9.9 yards after the catch. <laughs> That's insane. Absolutely insane. He's going to, oh, it's going to be great. Great. Yeah, great dude, player. Kyle Shannon's going to have so much fun with this guy. 
All right, here I am up again. So I'm in my last two rounds. So I'm going to go tight end, tight end here. And, oh, geez, man. Now the there's still too many hard decisions. But I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going with Chris Herndon. He's got that absolute upside. The Jets have a really limited amount of targets. You know, uh, with the Denzel Mims just can't quite get healthy. And I think it's it's really going to be, you know, Sam Darnold is going to be throwing to, what's his name? The receiver, Blanken, uh, uh, Crowder, Jameson Crowder. Yeah, Jameson Crowder. And Chris Herndon. We all saw what he did when he was healthy. If he stays healthy, absolute guaranteed tight end one. Yeah, and right after you, I took Blake Jarwin, who I have in the – I can't say that. But I think he's a top 10 tight end this year. Absolutely love that. That Dallas offense we just talked about so much. Here's their tight end in the 12th round, 12-7 even, so the last part of the, the round there. Um, love that, love that. Last round here, turn the corner, Duke Johnson, Gardner Minshew, who I believe is going to have a great season. Did you, uh, did you see that thing from Bud Light? Um, yep. If you if you draft him first overall, first round, I think first round, I think. either or, whatever it is, don't quote us here on the specifications. But I think you take him the first round of first overall. Bud Light will just send you a free case of beer for doing that. And then again, if you win the league with him as your starting quarterback, you get like free beer for a season. So I'm not sure if that's actually you have to take him in the first round or first overall and then go on to win the league, or just win the league with him as your quarterback. I believe that's way too easy because it's easy to win, you know, a uh, fantasy league with a top 20 quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Gardner Minshew, obviously taking him in the first round is not ideal. Obviously, I wouldn't even take Patrick Mahomes in the first round. But if it's for a free case of beer, you know, I honestly, I would do it. You have, you know, 20, 30, 40 drafts. If, if you're a big fancy player, just do one for fun. You know, do one of those random ESPN drafts that seem yeah, to just join one and go ahead and win every year. You know, Gardner Minshew, I mean, I like Gardner Minshew. You get him in the 13th round, that's awesome. But, yeah, if you have him on your, your teams, you know, win your league, you'll get free beer for a football season. And I did look it up earlier, and they're saying you have to put uh, on Twitter, hashtag Bud Light Minshew Draft, hashtag sweepstakes. So, yeah, it's it's legitimate. And, I mean, Gardner Minshew, is, he's fun to watch, and I think he's a great option. Probably not in the first round unless you really need some free beer, which I know Nate loves his beer, so he's probably going to do it. Yeah, not the biggest Bud Light fan, though, but hey, a free beer is a free beer. Can't uh, debate with that. I just went. I was going to pick Sammy Watkins, but he was taken right before me, so I went Prashad. Perriman, who is a, you know, played for, who was it? He was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer last Tampa year. Bay. Towards Great the season, kind of, yeah, burst onto the scene, had some great games there, and now he's in New York where there's very limited pass catchers, so a 13th round wide receiver. Who you know has upsides of being a wide receiver too? Can't really debate with that. And then Love you it. took your final pick here. Yep. Again, putting my money where my mouth is here. There's still a lot of hard tight ends. There's so many good tight ends. It's hard for me to pick. But uh, I went with my my heart and soul, Dallas Goddard, with my last pick in the 13th round. You know, Doug Peterson came out and he's he's talking about how he loves running 12 personnel, which is two tight ends. And they use it a lot when he was coaching in Green Bay, which we've seen in Philly a lot since he's been there. Obviously, the Eagles can sustain two top 12 tight ends as far as fantasy because Goddard was tight end 10 last year. But he's being drafted as a tight end 21, which is absolute absurd value. And this, again, goes to wait on tight ends and you will be perfectly fine in your draft. Here, we're about to finish this draft. 
two picks left, and there's names such as this is a 12 man league, by the way, guys. 12 man league. We still have Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Greg Olson, undrafted. Herb Smith Jr., Ian yeah. Thomas. There's just Kyle so many Bruder. great names. Yeah, like, this is insane. The right. the valuer. Now I'm assuming if you're in a different league, you know this is a mock draft, so it's not a huge roster, not many bench spots, things of that nature. Most of these guys will be off the board, but this is just going to show that the tight end value can be way on this year. You don't need a top guy uh, to win it this year. Just wait on tight end, in my opinion. Who's going to be the uh, Mister Relevant of our fantasy mock draft here? The We Know Fantasy. I guess we can do this annually. This is our second year doing this podcast mock draft. Let's see here. I think this guy has left us. He's not active and, uh, of course, here for... That's right, 13 seconds left. We can wait it out. Yeah, we'll wait it out here for you guys. Um, Just to see who we uh, have last overall. We waited 52 minutes and... (laughs) If you're still here, you deserve to see Mr. Relevant as... Oh, and of course... Leishon McCoy. Shady McCoy, the once great... But all right, guys, that's it. That's it. That was, uh, I guess, uh, a day in the life of a fantasy football addict as you just sit here and do mock draft after mock draft, uh, like the fro and I do. But uh, what is it? We're only like 20 games, or 20 days away from football or something like that? Tomorrow will be two weeks. That's it? That's oh, it. Oh, my goodness. That's it. So, yeah, drafts are coming down. It's, you know, you're going to be drafting heavily the next two weeks. No doubt about that. And, again, I'm going to say it once more. Don't forget to get your draft guide produced by myself and the fancy fro here. Uh, $12, that's it. And it's a stack full of information guaranteed to help you win your league um, if you follow our you know instructions there that we laid out for you. Um, again, premium services available from both of us. Hit us up on Twitter at Wayno Fantasy. If you listen to this point, you would have gotten the free code Football is back for the uh, Fantasy Draft Guide giveaway. Uh, just tweet that or DM me at Wino Fantasy to enter for that. Um, but yeah, uh, football's coming up soon. Can't wait. And uh, this was a fun time here. I'm glad to be back with the fro here. So every Wednesday, uh, be sure to check back for us as we uh, you know bring you the weekly Wino Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro uh, from now until the foreseeable future. Uh, we've got about, mm, let's see, four more months of this. So hope to see you guys back next week. Um, before we head off, Fro, people find you on social media. Find me on Twitter at FantasyFro. And as always, this is Nate. We, we Know Fantasy can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Until next time, guys, we'll see you. Peace.